Lord, if you will it, you are able to make me clean. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Canon, dearly beloved faithful, what is special about our Lord Jesus Christ? What is it that makes him different from all others? Let's think about that question and then approach today's gospel from St. Matthew. Our gospel situates us today just after our Lord's famous Sermon on the Mount. And in this greatest of all sermons, you know our Lord preaches first the Beatitudes and then he goes on to teach us to pray the Our Father and then he instructs us, his followers, in the Ten Commandments. We see then that our Lord is a great teacher. The people around him even sometimes call him Rabbi, the Jewish word for a teacher. And to this day, many of those around us also call him teacher. Men and women of all times and places have seen and admired the extraordinary character of Christ's doctrine. Non-Christians even will readily place our Savior amongst the great spiritual leaders, prophets, and even gurus. But we know, we Catholics, we know that this is not what makes our Lord special. Sure, he is a great teacher, but he's so much more than that. He's not just a great teacher. On Thursday, we had this feast of St. Peter's chair, and there you have the gospel where Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And there's the apostles' beautiful confession Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Over the ages, how many, how many philosophers, preachers, writers have proposed wonderful, beautiful teachings, uplifting ideas, and how many of these remain dead letters? We read, we listen, could be inspired for a day. You have all those books with inspirational quotes, you read them, you feel good, you're inspired for a bit, but then what comes of it? Well, not much. Christ our Savior brings us not just a doctrine, not just inspirational sayings, but he brings us his divine power. He's the Son of God. He not only instructs us, but he's able to touch us by grace to change our lives, to follow him, to put those beautiful sayings into action. When the great Sermon on the Mount had been completed, Jesus, he comes down from the heights and immediately he goes to work. He begins to perform miracles. A leper approaches him first. Now, undoubtedly, this man had not been able to go up the mountain. I think you've all heard about leprosy before. It's happily a disease that no longer seems to exist, but because of the highly contagious nature of leprosy, people were kept far away from many others, and so likely this man had not been able to go up to the sermon, but he hears of our Lord and comes, and he prays before him, Lord, if you will, 
you can make me clean. His confidence and faith. And how does our master respond? I do will be made clean. I invite you to notice here that he says, I will, the I of Jesus, I will heal you. In all of our Lord's works, there's this great personal I. On the mountaintop, what does he say? How does he preach? He says, well, you've heard it said in the past, speaking about Moses, but I tell you, I will that you be clean. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And why is it that I wish to highlight this point? Well, those who try to say that Jesus never claimed to be divine. You hear that sometimes today. It's Jesus doesn't claim to be divine. Well, you have to throw John's gospel in the bin in order to make such a claim. But then here we're in St. Matthew's gospel, and what do we see? Well, our Lord constantly makes divine claims. It's not that I need to pray and then hopefully God will heal you, but I will heal you. He has the power in himself. And so we'd be fools to think that our Lord doesn't claim to be divine. A prophet heals in the name of God, but Jesus heals in his own name. So we see this leper healed after the Sermon on the Mount. Then a little while later, the famous story of the Roman centurion whose boy is afflicted with paralysis. His faith is even greater than the leper's. What does he say? You know his prayer. Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shalt enter under my roof, but only say the word and my boy shall be healed. The words of the centurion have become our own at the Mass. Before the upraised Blessed Sacrament, for communion we worship our Lord and we pray, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shalt enter, enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. The Church, therefore, wants to teach us and to place on our lips this beautiful act of faith of the centurion. We can make also, the prayer of the leper, our own. Lord, I'm not worth, I'm sorry, Lord, if you will, you're able to make me clean. Both of these sayings, let us make our own, let us make them our prayer. Both the sick man and the faithful soldier are looking for physical cures, too. We see our Lord's power to heal the body. And we too should go to him amidst our illness and infirmity. However, we can also see from the prayer at the Mass that we should pray for the healing of our soul, for spiritual healing. We must pray that Christ would heal us of the leprosy that is sin. And then we need to pray that he would heal us from a paralysis, which is the paralysis from good works, a spiritual paralysis. Many of us suffer this spiritual paralysis today. We see the things that must be done, but we can't seem to do them. We can't act, we can't move, we can't get started. We can't rise from our bed. We can't overcome an addiction, we're paralyzed. We can't stop sins of anger or sloth or detraction or impurity. 
or gluttony, paralyzed. Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shalt enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Don't believe, dear faithful, don't ever believe that your paralysis is permanent. Don't believe that it can't be overcome. We should have the faith like the centurion. We should have hope. Indeed, our Lord can overcome all things. He heals our paralysis. And speaking of this healing, it is worth noting that we also have finally an allusion to confession in today's gospel. After cleansing the leper, Jesus instructs the man to go show himself to the priests. It's important to tell. In the old law, lepers or suspected lepers were instructed to go and show themselves to the priests, and often they would bring a sacrifice of petition or a sacrifice of sin in the hopes that their leprosy would be cured by God. And then it was the role of the Jewish priests to inspect the person, declare whether first the person were infected and then if a healing had taken place. And this gives us a kind of image, a foretaste of what happens in confession, but of course in a much greater way. The leprosy is shown to the priest when you confess your sins, you're revealing your ailment. And the priest is given the power of the keys by our Lord through his church in order to judge and declare the removal of sin, the removal of the spiritual leprosy. But of course, it's a greater power than that of the Jewish priest because he only declared what he observed, whereas the priest of the New Testament is given this power to take away the leprosy through holy absolution. And so let us approach these sacraments with faith, with the faith of the leper, with the faith of the Roman centurion. The divine power, the power of God is within them. Lord, you are able to make us clean. You will it. That we become holy like the Heavenly Father. This is your plan. We are not worthy, but from both near and from afar, we believe. Indeed, we believe, O Lord, that you only have to say the word and our souls shall be healed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.